Thank you for tuning in to the Everyday Christian Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we show that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. Here is your host, Chase Green. Hello and welcome to Season 4, Episode 9 of the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green, and this is Season Number 2 with the Scattered Abroad Network of Podcast. I would encourage you to hop on over there to our website at scatteredabroad.org. There you can find various podcasts on each day of the week. Of course, Everyday Christian Podcast comes out on Mondays, uh, but if you back up to Sundays, we've got the Bible Storming Podcast, we've got the uh, Sermon of the Week Podcast that come out as well, and on Tuesdays we've got the Transformed Podcast, on Wednesdays we've got the Far Better Podcast, Thursdays we've got a couple of podcasts to choose from, or uh, listen to them both, uh, the Weathering the Storm Podcast and the Way Podcast. On Fridays we've got the Asking God Why Podcast, and on Saturdays we've got the Diligent Podcast, and then there are a couple of other podcasts that you can check out uh, that come out at various times as well at scatteredabroad.org. I'd encourage you to go over to our website or find us in the App Store. Here's another thing I can recommend for you. Uh, If you have a hard time keeping track of all of those, just uh, follow our master feed. Uh, Go to the App Store, Google Play or Spotify or uh, the the Apple uh, iTunes Store, and search Scattered Abroad Network Master Feed, and then you will get all the episodes that we have that will come directly to you uh, the easiest way possible. So that's definitely an option as well. But again, I'm glad to be a part of this network of podcasts, and I hope that you will check out and support all the various podcasts that we have at Scattered Abroad Network. Well, we're finishing up our study of the book of James today. We're looking at James chapter 5, part 2. We're going to begin in verses 10 and 11. The prophets as an example of patient perseverance. James chapter 5, verse 10 says this, My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Isn't that the truth? Listen to this list of things that happened For example, to Jeremiah, Jeremiah 7.27, Jeremiah 13.10, Jeremiah 17.23, Jeremiah's audience refused to listen to him and were stiff-necked and stubborn. I don't know about you, but uh, as a preacher, if I got up and preached my sermon and everybody just crossed their arms and glared at me, that would make it very difficult to preach that sermon. Well, Jeremiah had to deal with that all the time. Uh, They mocked his message. They called it hopeless and flat out said that they would walk according to their own evil ways rather than God's ways, Jeremiah 18, verse 12. Jeremiah 20, verses 1 and 2, they beat him and they put him in the stocks. In the same chapter, Jeremiah 20, verse 9, Jeremiah was so uh, struggling, he was was so down and, and depressed over all of this, he just about gave up. He says in verse 9 of Jeremiah 20, he says, Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name, but God's word was in his heart like a burning fire, shut up in his bones. He was weary of holding it back, and he could not. So he just went ahead and preached it anyway. 
I'm certainly thankful for that good example of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 26, verse 11, they gave Jeremiah a death sentence for uh, his, his preaching. Jeremiah 36, verse 23, the wicked king Jehoiahim cut up Jeremiah's scroll and burned it in the fire. And Jeremiah 38, verse 6, Jeremiah literally sunk to an all-time low, we might say. So they took Jeremiah and cast him into the dungeon of Malchiah, the king's son, which was in the court of the prison, and they let Jeremiah down with ropes, and in the dungeon there was no water but mire. So Jeremiah sank in the mire. Talk about an all-time low. And then finally in Jeremiah 43, verse 2, he got called a liar to his face by Azariah and Johanan and the insolent men. That was some pretty tough going for Jeremiah uh, in his prophesying, and countless other prophets were persecuted as well. And so uh, James says that we need to count these prophets as an example of suffering and of patience. Why did these things happen to the prophets? Well, because they were willing to speak on behalf of the Lord, and the people didn't want to hear it. James says that these prophets are an example of patience, even in their suffering. Well, if these men had to be patient in suffering various trials of life, should we expect anything different? We need to look back at Matthew 5, verses 10 through 12, that uh, wrapping up of the Beatitudes there, and Jesus says this, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Well, you look at verse number 11 in James 5, and we find, Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job, and seen the intended or the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. James says, blessed we are when we endure persecutions. Uh, Again, the Beatitudes, Jesus said, we are blessed when we endure persecutions. James now calls to record the perseverance of Job, perhaps the best example of intense suffering over an extended period of time in all of the Bible. Let's turn back and read uh, Job chapter 1, verses 13 through 22. Job chapter 1, verses 13 through 22 says this, Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them, when the Sabaeans raided them and took them away. Indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided uh, the camels, and took them away. Yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. 
While he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong. Well, what happens at the end of this story? You read the end of Job, and you find that Job, Job's losses were restored twice what he had before. Certainly a wonderful example of faithfulness on Job's part, but even more so an example of the fact that God is faithful. In spite of the difficulties of life, the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Job is an example that helps us realize that if Job could get through all of that and still be faithful, then why couldn't we? You see, we can. Verse number 12, we want to transition to oaths. And this is definitely an interesting topic. There's a lot of uh, mixed thoughts, I guess, on, on this particular portion of Scripture. But but we want to look at James uh, 5, verse 12, and, and see what we can figure out about this. James 5, verse 12, says this, But above all, my brethren, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes, and your no, no, lest you fall into judgment. This harkens back to what Jesus said in Matthew 5, verses 33 through 37. What is the point that we're making here? Or what is the point that uh, Jesus was making? What is the point that James is making? The point is that Christians are to be known for speaking truth all the time. We're never to be found liars. So there's really no point in swearing an oath, or uh, we might say a promise. This is why in judicial proceedings and in military enlistments, uh, police enlistments and that sort of thing, uh, they give you this option. They say, do you solemnly swear or affirm to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God? There's no need for a Christian to swear as if his word is not already good enough, because a Christian's word should automatically be assumed to be truthful. If it's not, then we have bigger problems because we need to understand that lying is a sin. Now I'm going to bring in uh, Brother Guy in Woods here again uh, from his commentary on the book of James. He gives some further discussion on this particular verse and, and this topic. He basically makes the point that it's only profane or flippant oaths that are under discussion in this passage, not necessarily all oaths. And he references some Bible passages to make that point. You can certainly look at uh, Guy N. Woods's commentary on the book of James uh, if you'd like to, to see what he had to say about that. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and move on. So <laughs> we're going to move on to verses 13 through 20, the power of prayer. Uh, illustrated in a couple of ways. Verse number 13, James says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? 
Let him sing psalms. What is the natural response to suffering? Well, it should be that we go to God in prayer. We must lean upon God. There is power in prayer, not only in the fact that God will answer the prayers of the righteous. By the way, we may not always like his answer, but he will answer. But also the fact that praying helps us place all of our dependence on God rather than ourselves. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. But what about this next part that James mentions? Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. This is the natural response to cheerfulness, to belt it out in a song. It always amazes me to look out in the audience and see those who profess to be Christians refusing to sing. You know, one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy, and joy is expressed vocally in singing. And of course, in Ephesians 5.19 and Colossians 3.16 and a few other passages, we are commanded to sing as part of Christian worship. We are to sing and make melody in our hearts. And to always uh, just have to wonder why uh, some Christians refuse to sing. Could it be that perhaps they really don't have the joy in their hearts that they're supposed to? Something for us all to think about. Verse number 14, we uh, get into sickness here. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. There are two aspects of sickness that are in view in these next several verses. Physical illness and spiritual illness. In both cases, notice who James tasked with seeing to these needs. It's the elders of the church. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Well, what are they to do? Well, they are to pray over him because there's power in prayer. We, we truly need to believe in the power of prayer. And, and James here tasked the elders in particular with going and, and praying for those uh, sick folks. What about this anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord? Well, it, it could be that this was uh, a medicinal oil, perhaps, or it could be that this was in the context of miracles being performed by the hands of men in the first century. Whatever be the case, uh, we need to notice, you know, emphasizing for ourselves today, it's the elders that uh, have this really important role in caring for the needs of the flock. Now, verse number 15 is really going to comment on the power of prayer. It says, "...in the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up." And then it transitions to spiritual illness when it says, "...and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven." So this shows the power of prayer again. A faithful prayer oftentimes does, in fact, heal the sick. And we may ask ourselves, well, what about in times when it does not? What about times when we pray and we pray and we pray and we don't get the answer from God that we were hoping for? Maybe somebody has cancer and we just pray that God would remove that cancer and we believe God does have the power to remove that cancer and sometimes he does, but sometimes he doesn't. Well, do we give up? Do we lash out in anger toward God? Well, we need to remember that anytime we pray, we need to pray uh, according to God's will. 
And sometimes the Lord's will is, is different than our own will. We just have to have faith and trust in His will that He knows uh, what is right, what is best. But as we transition to from uh, away from physical illness to spiritual illness, again, James says, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Prayer has the power to forgive sins. An alien sinner? Is that what we're talking about here? Somebody who has never obeyed the gospel, uh, should they just pray? Well, no, the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches that we have to uh, hear God's Word, we have to believe in Christ, we have to repent of our sins and confess Christ and put on Christ in baptism to wash away our sins, uh, Acts twenty two sixteen. So we're not saying that prayer uh, will heal the alien sinner. No, but once a person is a Christian, upon repentance and confession, prayer, asking God to forgive sins, is effectual. Verse number 16 tells us that we must confess our trespasses to one another and pray for one another that we may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Oh, don't we need to believe that? You see, sometimes I'm afraid that we don't want to tell people that we're struggling with sin. We don't confess our sins to one another. You know, it seems to be increasingly less and less common for Christians to come forward, to respond to the invitation, to ask for prayers uh, from the church. Why is that the case? Why are we so private that we are not willing to admit that we need the prayers of the church to help overcome the various temptations of life. Could it be that it's a pride problem? Could it be that maybe many just are not humble anymore? Remember, we've talked about already in this series that we must humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift us up. we got to remember that God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Certainly there is a great deal of humility that goes into confessing our faults to one another. James says if we confess our faults to one another and pray for one another that we may be healed, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. There is power in coming together and discussing, confessing, talking about the things that we're struggling with. And together faithful Christians can help lift one another up in prayer. Verses 17 and 18, we have a powerful example of what prayer can do. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. You can read about this in 1 Kings 17, verses 1 and following. But the point I want to make here, and listen close to this, is this. Elijah prayed for that which was to his own hurt. 
He was living in a wicked generation of people. He prayed that it would not rain, and it did not rain for three and a half years. Did you did you know and, and remember that Elijah was affected by that? He had to go down by the brook just to get water, and the ravens brought him food, and then the brook dried up. You see, Elijah suffered because of his own prayer. He prayed it because he knew that it would influence those wicked people to wake up. Elijah prayed for that which was to his own hurt. Are any of us doing that today? Praying that God would send a wake-up call, if you will, to this wicked generation in which we're living? That's pretty tough. But that's something to think about. Elijah did. And that prayer was powerful. Finally, verses 19 and 20. Verses 19 and 20. We'll wrap up the book of James. We read this. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. As is the case with many passages in the Bible, the idea of once saved, always saved simply is not true. It is possible to wander from the truth, and when that happens, it results in death. Christian, everyday Christian, did you know that you have the responsibility of winning people back who have turned from the truth? James says that if you do that, you've saved a soul from death, and you've covered a multitude of sins. Definitely some food for thought in the book of James. I have enjoyed studying this book. I hope that you have uh, enjoyed going through this book with me. And as I said at the beginning of this, I'd, I'd like to uh, study a book of, of the Bible, or maybe a, several books of the Bible, depending on how long they are. Uh, in the second half of each year on the Everyday Christian Podcast. I've greatly enjoyed it. Uh, I have benefited from putting these lessons together and from recording them, and I hope that you've benefited from listening to them. Lord willing, we will continue with some other topics on the Everyday Christian Podcast next week and the rest of this season with the Scattered Abroad Network of Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.